We are going through a series at the moment called Doing Life Together. And uh, last week we talked about communication or miscommunication and if that's uh, something that kicks in from time to time. Um, we looked at last week, you know, where the, you know, the scriptures tell us quite clearly that uh, it's not if we miscommunicate, it's when. And so it's, it's not about how to stop miscommunicating. It's definitely going to happen. What is it, 200 million words we're going we're gonna, to um, say in our, in our lifetime? We're going get to get a few of them wrong. But if, you, if that's something you'd like to, uh, to grow in, then we've got that message on the website. Today we're going to be looking at something um, that also will help us in doing life together. And uh, it's a word that will spark up all sorts of thoughts in, in people's minds, I'm sure, as I throw it out there. But we're going to talk about forgiveness. Forgiveness. And um, it's something, this is a key thing that we really do need to get our heads and hearts around if we're going to do life together well. Um, forgiveness. Um, you know, some people would say that... Um, Forgiveness is one of the great contributions that Christianity has given to the world. Is that you know a lot of the other religions, it's all about balance and justice, and and um, and uh, forgiveness isn't isn't so much in the mix. But this is I want to talk about a forgiveness that that restores relationship between between God and people, but also a forgiveness that restores relationships between each other. Um, Real, real restoration of relationships, real um, finding peace where there has been enmity and um, finding reconciliation where there's been brokenness in relationships. Um, and we see this, if you're a reader of the Bible, we see forgiveness. It is, you see it all through the Bible because it's, it's God's heart. We see it all through the Bible. We see it in the, um, the famous prayer in Matthew 6 that's, you know, called the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus, you know, the, his followers said, how do we pray? He said, well, here's a, few, here's a few highlights for you. Here's a few things you need to do. And one of those punchlines was, you need to forgive people. Forgive people as you have been forgiven by your, your heavenly Father. Forgive us our sins as we forgive them who sin against us. And Jesus, on the cross, as uh, in just the last minutes, hours of his life, in pain, and what is he? What is he saying? What is he saying? Is he's hanging on the cross? He's saying, "Forgive them, forgive them." They don't. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus, um, he was raised from the dead on the third day, and there was a time when he was with people before he was taken to be with his father, and in that time. He was encouraging his followers, you've got to forgive. You've got to forgive. Through the letters in the scriptures, we've got Colossians 3, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a, has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, here's, here's what I'm guessing is going on right now. There's some of you that are sitting here thinking like... Uh, yeah, forgiveness is all right. I'm doing okay with this. And it may be that uh, you are. Maybe you, you know, maybe you just think you are. But, but there's probably two kinds of people here. Some that have really not really had a really big offense committed against them in their life. Like not a really big one. 
lots of babies, lots of small ones, but not a real. And there's some people here that have had like they've they've had some some big stuff go down, where people have just done outrageous things to them, and um, and uh, and it's very easy in that it's like you know for people like that to go, don't you talk to me about forgiveness? You don't know what's happened, you know. It's like you know my my brother managed to do me out of my whole inheritance don't talk to me about forgiveness my my spouse cheated on me forgiveness are you kidding me forgiveness my partner came home drunk and angry punched me right in the face don't talk to me about forgiveness i found out that my child had been molested you want me to forgive you want me to forgive my business partner, you know, known each other for years, embezzled tens of thousands of dollars out of our business. They just disappeared. Now, look, if you've had stuff go down in life that is a big deal, you're right. It's, it is. It's incredibly hard to forgive. It's incredibly hard to forgive. Listen, one of my favorite Christian authors, C.S. Lewis. He says this about forgiveness. He says, everyone thinks that forgiveness is a lovely idea until I've got something to forgive. You know? Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until he has something to forgive. And he goes on to say, and then to mention the subject at all is to be greeted with howls of anger. You kind of go, yeah, I get this. I get this. It's easier to talk about. Not so easy to do. It sounds nice, but can we do it? Can we do it? C.S. Lewis wrote a, a, you know, about forgiveness in his book, Mere Christianity. And if, if, you're, if you're someone that is, uh, I guess, wanting to understand more about the Christian faith, could I recommend you to read Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis? So it's just, an, just a wonderful, um, wonderful book. Um, very, very helpful just in thinking through life and faith and, and, and God and is, is it all real and how does it work? And, um, but he wrote this book uh, just after World War II. Talk about, and he's talking about forgiveness. I mean, there was some, you know, talk about stuff going down. In World War II, you know, the, um, you know, the, the English, and he's English, and the English are reeling still from just uh, discovering the concentration camps and uh, hearing, you know, stories from the Gestapo and and and, and, he's, and he's talking about forgiveness and he's saying you're right I'm talking about forgiveness you know the Jews the, the gypsies the Polish people there's just so much there was just so much that happened to people and he, he's saying yeah you're right I'm talking about forgiveness he says but it's not my idea this is the heart of Christianity it's not my idea I'm just telling you what the heart of Christianity is about this is God's idea it's right in the middle of everything that Christianity is about. You know, some of you may have recently um, seen a movie, Unbroken, uh, the story of Louis, uh, better get this right, I'm going to read this so I don't mispronounce it, Zamparini. And um, just this guy was, uh, it's an incredible story. And if you saw the movie, you would have seen just the, 
just how unbelievably uh, he was treated in the Japanese um, prisoner of war camp. And uh, the movie sort of finished and he got back to the States. Uh, I actually read the book, um, Unbroken, and uh, the movie left out what I thought was just the, one of the greatest parts of, of this guy's story. He came back on the back of his time over there and just struggling to deal with the stuff that had happened to him, turned to drink, became an alcoholic. And um, his wife was just didn't know what to do anyway. She was a Christian. She, Billy Graham was in town, the, you know, the great American evangelist. And she said, you've got to come along to hear this guy. And he said, no, no. And as, a, as any good wife does, just kept at it until he just thought like, <laughs> I'm just like, there's no way this is going to stop until I just go. So he, he came along to hear Billy Graham and, um, and God just touched his heart. And he, he gave his heart to Jesus and... Um, instantly healed of his alcoholism. I know that doesn't happen to everyone, but, you know, miraculous thing that happened for him. Just just was wonderful. And then he began this process of, of, uh, of realizing that um, for me to become whole again, I need to work out how to forgive. And just this, so just, a, you know, it's not in the movie, but this just went on this journey of getting to a place where he he actually forgave all of his captors and, you know, a couple in particular that would, you know, particularly um, oppressive to him, and went over to Japan, and you know, just just a wonderful, wonderful story. You know, and can I just say that there is there is nothing more important for a church to stay together, to not to fracture, to 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 have unity, and to um, and to do life together well, nothing more important than learning how to forgive. Because people, you know, we, we just do stuff and sometimes it's, it comes out of our brokenness. Sometimes it's just, um, you know, it's just unintentional. Sometimes it, you know, you get cross and you do things intentionally. You say things and you wish you didn't. But, um, um, but we need to learn to forgive one another. And it's 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 the message that needs to land deeply in our hearts. So let's let's pray before before we carry on. Let's, God, I I do ask that you would open our hearts this morning. That that your the the truth of of what is so important for our wholeness and our well being around this whole thing of forgiveness would just land deeply in our heart. It would just be something that we would just have this deep con- conviction of yes around that we would say yes that we would say no matter what comes i will choose the path of forgiveness and god for people here that are are hurting big time because of things that have been done to them where forgiveness is a a very very challenging thing God, I pray for a release of, of power from your Holy Spirit, of strength, of courage. And that you would open all of our eyes to just to see that this is the place that, that where life is, is meant to be in terms of our relationships with each other. Amen. Amen. As I said, it's um, 
as C.S. Lewis said, it's uh, the idea of forgiveness is a lovely idea until we've got something to, to forgive. And a lot of people find lots of alternatives to forgiveness because like forgiveness just can feel like, you know, it's hard, but then they just know that the stuff's not right as well, that stuff's, you know, life's not, not, not working and there's a, there's a pain, there's a hurt. Some people try to just physically dull the pain. They turn to, um, like uh, Louis Zamperini, you know, turn to, to alcohol, you know, maybe prescription drugs. They do things just to try and take the edge off it. They just think, you know, I just don't know what to do. It's there. I can't seem to deal with it. I'm just going to take the edge of it. Some people throw themselves into their work. They're thinking, if I just stay really, really busy, that means I don't have to think about these things that have, that have happened to me. I'm just going to do whatever I can. Busy, busy, late nights, you know, just focus, focus on other things. Just push it off to the side. Uh, some people um, look for um, look for insight into how they're feeling. So they'll go and see a counselor or you know a psychologist, and they'll go, "This is this is what I'm just feeling. This help me to understand what's what's happening." And they sort of get they go looking for understanding about why, but without really a a, a process for like what to what to do with it. Um, some people can they kind of don't really mean to, but there's this, with this bitterness and hurt that's in them, they, they, they've got to find a place to, an outlet for it, and they tend to project it onto to someone else. And sometimes that can, be, that can happen in, in marriages where the husband or the wife has had some big things that has happened to them in the past, and they kind of throw the, the, the outworking, the, the hurt onto their, onto their spouse, and it's a, it's a tough deal. You know, they're looking for... They're looking for someone to pay the bill, you know, like, like I've, you know, I've been, I've been wronged here. Someone's got to pay, and it's, some, it's often very unintentional, but it's like they sort of take it out on their, uh, on their, you know, their spouse possibly, or their pastor. It's like, you know, they were like, you know, I went to this church once, and this stuff happened, and my pastor was really not that good to me, and, and it's so, you're a pastor. I'm going to cash in my bill on you. So, yeah, but people just hurt, you know. They just thought, well, someone's got a problem. But hear this, people. Like, nothing works to fix hurts like forgiveness. And I know it's words. It's easy to stand up here and say that. I know it's not easy. But nothing works like forgiveness. Nothing works like forgiveness. Nothing brings the freedom, brings the healing, just the the potential for a life and, and relationships restored and, and, and put back together, nothing, nothing works like forgiveness. But it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard. Don't ever let anyone say that it's just like, oh, just forgive. Like, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, I know how to fix that. Just forgive. It's hard. Let me talk about a few things that, with regards to forgiveness, kind of what it, what it isn't and, and, and what, it, what it is. Uh, one of those things is that forgiveness is not forgetting. You've heard that expression, oh, just forgive and forget. It's like, what? You just forget. Do you know what happened? Like, just forget. How can I just turn that off? It's not. These are two different things. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not forgetting. You don't forget the, you don't forget the pain. Just, but some people just carry traumatic memories. And they just, just can't just turn those things off. Yeah, some some things. I mean, small things. You know, you can often forget those, but you know, but not the big things. Yeah, you know, we don't we don't have like a 
like a delete key in our in our memories where we can just kind of grab a chunk and just click and gone or you know rewind the tape and record over it or something else it's just there and you know that and when people say oh just just try and forget it's like have you ever tried to f- intentionally forget something it's like, I, I've just got to think, I've just got to remember to forget that thing. It's like if I told you, like, you know, the thing, yeah, you've probably heard it, don't think of pink elephants. Okay, don't, 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 don't think of them. Oh, you know, it's hard. You, the more you think about not thinking about something, the more it etches into your, into your memory. It's, it's, it's just the way it goes. Can, can I suggest this instead of, you know, this whole thing of forgetting is to, is to practice non-remembrance. And you think like, what the heck? Is that just a made-up thing? It kind of is a little bit. But, um, but it's, it's this thing of, you know, you can, because the hurt's there, sometimes it can feel like you want to, you want to just let it fester a little bit because you're just like, I was hurt and I don't want to forget how hurt I was, you know? And you can sort of go there. And, and go there and actually intentionally go there. And when you're there, you sort of intentionally stay there. And, you, and that's the thing I'm saying. That's the thing we want to try and get away. Not chewing it over and over and over. Not, not choosing to go there just to feed our anger. You sort of think, like, if I don't think about this, then maybe I might start to forget about it a little bit. And then I won't be as angry. And I need to be angry because that was worth getting angry about. So we kind of go there. Does that make sense? And, we, and that's just not helpful. Here's something else that um, it is important to know about forgiveness, what it's not, is that it's not a one-time act. You kind of think, hang on, I thought it was just a one-time act. It, it's not. It's you know, Sometimes because, especially, my guess is that there's some Christians here. Some of you have probably been Christians for quite a while. You've probably read your Bible. You've probably heard some messages about forgiveness from time to time. And so you kind of know, yeah, I need to do this. And so someone does something to you, and you just kind of go, that was hard, that hurts, but I've got to forgive, I forgive you. And it's kind of like you just jump, jump straight in there. But then like a few days, maybe even a few weeks later, you go like, man, I'm just like really cross. I'm really cross. This was like, this, was, this, this is hard. But, but, but hang on, I've forgiven them. It's like, well, you might, you kind of probably have said the words, but you probably didn't give yourself enough time to really just kind of, work through this this is a big this was especially the big things and so you kind of think well but i've forgiven them and then but i'm why am i feeling why i thought this forgiveness was supposed to bring freedom and life and but i'm just like and um what is that it's like well we probably you kind of said the words but really it wasn't really forgiveness like the full thing hadn't really happened does that make sense so like forgiveness is not a one-time act it's this whole thing of of like you've got to forgive you've got to You've got to, it's a process. Yeah. Remember when the, could, could I suggest this instead, that like we need to think of forgiveness as a process. Jesus' followers came to him one time and they said, how much should I forgive someone? And they were kind of hoping for like, um, they may have had some guy that's done, done a dirty on them maybe three or four times and he, they're hoping that Jesus would say, three times but this guy's done a duty on me four times so then oh good i'm off the hook and they were sort of like saying is it like seven times and jesus says no it's 70 times seven and i would suggest that this is not about 
someone, forgiving some, like someone for 490 sins. Now, good at math, so. Um, some, some translations suggest that might be like um, 70 to the, or 7 to the power of 70. Um, but it's saying that, no, it's, it's when you keep remembering that offense, forgive again. When you keep, when you remember it again, forgive again. Forgive it and get this process. Let me tell you a story again. C.S. Lewis, oh, I'm such a, I think I'm in love with C.S. Lewis. He's just such a smart guy. He, he tells a story in one of his books about um, a time when he, was, when he was in prayer. And he, he, wrote, he wrote this down. He says, I finally feel like I have, I have got there. I have, I've made it. I've forgiven this, I've forgiven this person. And uh, which sounds like process. Let me tell you about what this was. So this is C.S. Lewis in his mid-50s. 40 years ago, 40 years before, when he was at school, boarding school, he had a schoolmaster that was a drunken, sadistic man who would head out in the evenings, get drunk, come back, take his belt off, and just deal to these boys. And he, he was one of them. Just deal to these boys. And C.S. Lewis, he just, he just tells the story of how he had understands how forgiveness needs to come. But 40-year journey, it was just so, so traumatic for him and just so unjust and unfair and wrong and, and, and a process of when he says, I, I finally have got there. I finally got there. And it's just kind of like right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot with this thing. It's, forgiveness is a process. I remember with my, for myself, there was a time that a, a little while back and a few years back and, and someone did something that was really, really hard for me, really hurtful, really painful. Um, um, and I was angry. I was angry. And um, I was just like, and I don't think about forgiveness. I'm just like, oh. You know, I just kind of say, well, said the words, but it wasn't really a heart thing. And um, how, and I realized it wasn't, I hadn't forgiven them because I was reading this uh, the scripture where um, Jesus says, um, pray, uh, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And I thought to myself, oh, I don't think I've got any enemies. It's like, you know, I don't think anyone really persecuted. Oh, there was that time there. I said, oh, I just need to pray for that guy. And I was like, oh, I don't want to pray for him. I actually don't want God to bless that guy. I'm like, whoa, my heart is not right. My heart's not right. I'm like, wow, I've got to get this sorted out. And so really did begin this journey of like just bringing it to God and saying, you know, and, uh, and about, probably about two years into it, um, got to a place where I felt like I'm ready to go and talk to this guy. And, and, uh, and I went to him and just said, look, I, I, want, I asked him to forgive me for my bad attitude towards him. And... Um, and uh, and asked for his forgiveness, and um, which he gave, but he acknowledged nothing about the pain that he'd caused me. 
But I'll tell you what, all was free. You know, all was free. It was a good deal. Forgiveness is a process, okay? Take that. If, you, if, 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 you, if it's a little bit murky and you think, I thought I'd forgiven, why is my heart not right there? Just realize it's a process. Just keep, just keep going. One step, one step, okay? Let me tell you another thing about forgiveness that people often misunderstand is that forgiveness doesn't mean there's an absence of consequences. You know, like, yeah, you can be thinking, oh, man, what is killing me is, is my wife's refusal to, to forgive me. It's like, you know, and some people can have um, others that they can, they can keep rubbing their, their sin in their, in their faces and hold an IOU over their, over their heads. And it's just like, hang on, but don't forget that you're the one that did this thing. So, you, you know, this is, this is kind of consequences. Maybe... Um, let me tell you a story from the, from the scriptures in 2 Samuel 12, King David. I mean, this is a guy that, that the Bible describes as a man after God's own heart. And I've just been going through First um, and Second Samuel again and just reading the story of David. And there's so much to be inspired by, by this guy and as, a, as, as someone who loves God and who God loves. And, and, um, and you know what he did in the midst of all this? From his high position from his palace, looking down, saw a woman having a shower in, a, in her open courtyard and thought, she looks like, all right. And, oh, she's married. Oh. Organized for her husband to go out on the front lines of battle and, and, in the mean, and then he sleeps with her. It's just like, hang on. I mean, it kind of gives you a little bit of encouragement, eh, when you see some of the heroes of the faith, like they, they stumble big time, you know. Like, it's just, you read the Bible and you get like, Wow, we're we're a motley crew. Us, us, you know, us God, people of God, we're a motley crew, really. And um, but um, but there was uh, and Nathan the, the was a prophet um, came to David and um, who could, Nathan had this revealed to him by God and and confronted David on this and um, and David went to God just broken, saying, God, there's some psalms about this, you know, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me, do not take your Holy Spirit from me, you know, restore to me the joy of my salvation. God came to God just contrite and genuinely contrite, which I think was the way that God loved David, you know, loved his heart. And, um, and then Nathan the prophet came to him and said, like, God has forgiven you. You are forgiven. He says, but your firstborn is not going to live. You know, there was this, there was this consequence to, to, to sin. Now, you know, for us, you need to know that when, with, when we, we come to God, God offers us unconditional forgiveness for, for, our, for our sins. When, he, when we come to him with our sins, he forgives us completely. But then there's, but there's sometimes there's consequences for our sin. Let's, let's say, for example, that there was an affair in your, in your marriage. Let's, let's say that. And that's a, that's not cool at all. That's not cool. And um, let's say it was the husband. Now, the wife's saying, "Okay, I want to rebuild our relationship. We've got to rebuild trust." But what's? But here's the deal: is that I need to have full access to your to your emails, your texts, the whole deal, because that's going to help me rebuild trust. And you go, "Well, that's fair enough." 
trying to rebuild trust, that's fair enough. That's consequences. That's consequences. You know, she's forgiven him, but there's like, hang on, but there's still the reality of this thing here. You know, trust just doesn't just happen. You know, we've got to rebuild this thing. Well, if you're, you're, if you had a, like a, uh, who's got teenagers that drive your car? Yeah. So you put some rules around it and um, you go, okay, you've got to be home by this, this certain time and uh, an hour late. You go, well, okay, I forgive you, but you're not in the car for a while. There's consequences. Consequences. You got, you went driving, you had a, a drink and you got caught and uh, you know, you're not allowed to have any alcohol in your, in your system as a teenager and you lost your license. So, well, do you want me to help you find a bike? You know, do you want me to help you with the bus timetables? And, you know, it's like, I'm not going to be your taxi. You know, there's, there's, there's consequences. Yeah, there's consequences. Now, forgiveness, again, a big thing about forgiveness is that it breaks this, this law of, of action and reaction. Yeah, and like the whole, the whole world acts like this, this whole thing of retaliation. You know, it's like, so I look at you funny, so you say some mean things to me, so I punch you in the face. So you slash my tires. So I bomb your car. Okay. So you bomb my house. I bomb your village. You bomb my country. You know, it's just that's the way so much of the world works. Action and reaction. There's a um I watched this TV series a while back about the Hatfields and the McCoys from the in, the in the States in the 19th century. I don't know if you've ever heard about this, but that's like, man, this was like generations of families. Just like, it's just, re, it's renowned as this, this feud in the, it's in the, it's in the, uh, the folklore of, of American history, this feud between these, these two families. How many people here have seen the movie Kill Bill? Okay, let's hold your hands up. I just want to write down who, who was that. That's a violent movie, man. It's all about revenge, I've been told. <laughs> Although I thought Kill Bill 2 was better than Kill Bill 1. But um, The Godfather, I mean, that series of three movies, one of the great, I mean, it's like if you're a little bit, you know, a little bit weak in the stomach around, you know, violent things, it's, uh, it's pretty full on. But what a profoundly deep movie. Why that movie is so rated so highly is because the, the overall punchline of this is just how revenge just destroys people, just destroys them. You see, uh, working out whether I'm going to do spoilers if you like, think oh, I should watch that series. Al Pacino starts off as this delightful young man who's part of the, the, the family but, um, but it's thinking like, you know, we can do better. We can be better people. But then just watching this, you know, this just years and years of just revenge after revenge and just looking at Al Pacino at the end of those movies is just profound. 
And, um, you know, have you ever noticed this in movies? Like a lot of movies, they start off in, you know, the first kind of five or ten minutes after they, maybe there's a char car chase in the first two minutes, but then you start to build a bit of uh, the storyline and they, they, you kind of get to know someone in the first sort of 10 or 15 minutes and you kind of get to, to like them a little, you know? You sort of go like, oh, yeah, these are, you know, I'm on your side, you know? And then something really bad happens to them. Like someone just does something that's just so unjust. So, um, and you're just looking and go, that is not okay. And then that person starts to like, you know, like work out, you know, how are we going to get back on this guy? And you go, yeah. You, you find yourself doing that? You're like, yeah. Yeah, you, that's just, you've got to get that guy. And then, you know, it's like, and then, you know, towards the end, you've got the, the smug, cheerleader and the 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 bully kind of sports guy and they're driving their red convertible along and then you know they slides and the the truck full of manure just dumps it all into the you go yeah yeah it's like you know it you know how that goes it's like are we christians is like this it's like how do we stop this retaliation cycle that's kind of like we kind of tend to just want to do that. You know, there's only one way, and it's with forgiveness. It's with forgiveness. If you're looking for a salvation that offers forgiveness, that stops the cycles of retaliation, you know, the only place that you're going to find that is at the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, that stops all of this. You know, I just, look, I know, like, I've read some, um, some books around the whole um, transition in South Africa. I know there's some South Africans here, and I know it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag. I know that. But the heart of this truth and reconciliation um, process that, was, um, that they formed there, the heart of this was like, you know, we as a nation are not going to go forward. Um, we are going to um, implode on ourselves without forgiveness because so many bad things were done you know, um, over those apartheid years. And, um, and Mandela and Desmond Tutu and others, they, they could just see is that if we have any hope as a country, and I know the country's struggling still, there's a lot that's, that's tough there, but if there's going to be any hope for us going forward as a, as, a, as a country of blacks and whites together, you know, there has got to be forgiveness. If you're, let me just throw this out there. If you're looking at... Um, if, if you're in a place where something big, you're in a process of thinking like, wow, how do I, how do I move forward with this? Forgiveness is really hard. There's a, there's a wonderful book by a guy called Brian Zand, Z-A-H-N-D, called um, Unconditional. It's a book on forgiveness. So just throw that out there if that's something you'd like to, you know, to grab a hold of. Let me just finish with a few, um, I guess, practical things that, that can help us with this whole thing of, uh, of forgiveness. Let's first place I'd want to start is that uh, it's important that we're, we're honest. That we're honest. Um, you know, if you're in a place where you go like, man, I just, I've just never have been able to forgive anyone. I've had some big things, and it's just like, are you kidding? That's a mountain that's way too big. Um, let's just be honest with that. It's just like, I actually can't do this at the moment. I can't do this. But like, if you think I, I want to, then start small. It's one another thing that C.S. Lewis said. He, he, when he's talking about forgiveness, he painted this picture of um, when you start doing maths, you don't start with calculus. Uh, 
you start with simple addition. He's saying, same with forgiveness, you know, just start by just forgiving something that your wife said to you this week, you know, it's just start small. Just start and grow and grow in this thing of forgiveness. So start small if it's hard. Be honest. The other thing too that people can struggle with with forgiveness is that they think like, if I forgive them, am I somehow then saying that they are a nice person? You know, people can often think like, like I don't, they're not a, Let's be honest, they're not a nice person. If they've done this thing, that's not nice. That's, that's not nice. That's, that's the truth of that. They did bad things. We're not saying that they're nice people. We're just saying, you know, they just, but we're forgiving them for the bad things that we did. Another thing about this thing with honesty is to be honest with how we're feeling. You know, why, why am I so angry? Why am I so angry? Is it, was it? What was it? What, ex- what exactly was it? And, and try and work that out. Was it because I was humiliated? Was it because it was just the injustice of, of you know, that when I got taken for a, you know, for a ride, and all that money got taken? Is it was it wounded pride? What what is it? Why, why am I so angry? Yeah, I, I say this often, but the Psalms are so helpful. The Psalms in the Bible, because so many of them are prayers, and a lot of them are prayers of David. Listen. Listen to this one, uh, a prayer of David, that is just so helpful to give us language with being honest. Psalm 55, verse 12. If an, if an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were rising against me, I could hide. But, but it's you, one like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked among the worshipers. And then it goes on in verse 20. My companion attacks his friends. He violates his covenant, his talk. Is as smooth as butter, yet war is in his heart. His words were more soothing than oil, and yet they are drawn swords. It's like, he's just being honest. It's like, man, this is hard. What? You are my friend. You did this to me. Be honest and try and find, ask yourself, like, where, where did the knife go in? Where did the knife go in? Was it the trauma of discovering something, or was it, what, what was it? Because that's the place where it needs to be taken out. So, you know, so try and work through that with honesty. It's like, what's, what's going on? Another thing that will help you in your journey of forgiveness is to try and find some empathy and humility. It's so easy for us to say when we look at people, it's like, oh, you are nothing but an adulterer. You are nothing but an adulterer. You are, you are nothing but a cheat. You are nothing but a liar. And yet... That's not right, is it, when we, when we look at people? We can't, we can't drag people down to their, to, their, to their lowest part of them and just say that's all, all, all about them. You find, find, we need to find some, some empathy. Sure, they did a bad thing, but that's not all that they are. Something that, again, it's always helped me with softening my heart is just with this forgiveness thing is just to pray for them. And, um, and I find that I start to think that, oh, no, they're not just nothing, but uh, they're someone that, that Jesus died for and that he loves and that Jesus is interceding on their behalf to the Father. And I probably should add my little prayers to, to them, and God just softens, softens my heart. Again, C.S. Lewis talks about um, you know, this other thing about, about humility. He says, you know what? 
Have you ever thought about what you could have been like if you had grown up in the same situation as, as they did? You know, if things had maybe been a little bit different for you, if you'd have had different parents or born in a different country or had some things happen to you, you know, what maybe maybe it could have been a challenge for you as well. And you may have been um, someone that did this to other people. So let's just find some empathy and humility can help us in this journey of, of forgiveness. And just this last thing here is, you know, we need to, we need to tap into the heart of Jesus. You know, the thing with the thing with preachers, the thing with people like myself that get up here is that, like, I mean, I've, I've, I say a lot of things on Sundays, and um, but you know what? I don't, as much as I try, I I don't live a hundred percent of what I would am encouraging us all to do. I want to, I try, but you know, and and, and no preacher does. Except there was one. This guy, you know, 2,000 years ago, walked around talking about forgiveness. What did he do in crunch time? What did he do in crunch time when he's been, you know, he's just been, he's just been whipped. He's been, he's been thrown in front, you know, unjustly thrown in front of the, the courts. He's, you know, hanging on a cross. And what does he do? He says, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. It's like they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. For, who's he? Who, forgive who? Is it the the religious people that that betrayed him? Just, forgive them. Is it the is it the Sanhedrin? Is it is it Pontius Pilate, this corrupt guy that you know political animal that was just doing everything just for his own gain? Was it him? Is it was it these Roman soldiers that had just whipped him and, and beat him, and you might think, oh, they just had to do it because they were told to. Oh, no, these guys were spitting on him and mocking him. That doesn't, that doesn't, these guys were just, these were, these were bad people. They gambled and laughed to see who would get his stuff. Forgive who? Who's he, you know, forgive, forgive me. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He's saying, forgive me. While he's dying on the cross, forgive me. So I like to tap into this guy, tap into Jesus for help, because he lived it. He did this thing, you know, forgiveness. And that's the, that's the incredible thing about our faith, people, is that we're not, this is not just about us living by a set of rules. This is, the, we've been given the power of the Holy Spirit to live as Jesus has lived. There is genuine power available to us for the things that we can't do in our strength. You know, we take our shriveled little hearts and we try and do stuff, don't we? And we just, we, we feel like, oh, and I wish I could do better. But we've got genuine power that God is offering us through the Holy Spirit to do life, to do better, to be able to forgive where our own hearts don't have the capacity to forgive. You know, we need to, we need to tap into Jesus. I'll just finish with this. We've, there's a um, a story I heard of a. Um, sorry, you know, people often say, "Well, what if I don't forgive? What, what what's going to happen then? What what if? I know it 
I know it's the Bible says that we need to forgive, and Jesus has asked us to forgive. But what if I don't forgive? I'm just, well, here's the deal. You get to drag that wound around forever, like a ball and chain. You get to drag it around forever. You know, if you don't forgive, that thing that's been done to you is going to, it's going to distort you. It's going to twist you. It's going to—it's not going to be helpful for you. And there's this story I heard of a three-year-old girl that went over to her uncle's place. And um, she, in the process of exploring her uncle's house, she, she screams out and she's got her hand stuck inside this very, very expensive jar. And they're trying to get her hand out of this jar. They're using oil and all sorts of things to try and get this out. And, they, and she's just screaming, you know, this three-year-old. And they, and um, the uncle you know, realized that there's nothing else I can do but to break the jar. So they break the jar, and then what they find when they break the jar is the girl's hand is in a fist. And they open it up, and there's a penny inside her hand. And What's, what's the story? It's like, well, are we holding on to things that can break our lives? But by letting it go, you know, then our lives can be, can, can be you know, made whole. And then I, I put that to you as a, as a challenge this morning, is that we can hold on to these things because we think that the, we, we need to. It's better if we just hold on to them. But it's really not when it comes to this whole thing of, of forgiveness. Why don't we stand together? Let's stand.